Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Really enjoying our time with John Rawls. Let's get back to the conversations now. I'm going to ask you a two-part question. Let me uh, do part one first, which is, if you were a pastor, and probably this is, comes with the advice that you give anyway, you're a pastor and you're trying to find, well, let's say you have a 200-person church, uh, where would you start? Uh, how, how would you start? Uh, where would you find the people inside your congregation or in your town or region to help you start? What would be a couple of key uh, objectives or uh, stepping uh, stepping stones to get to get going? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, I think doing an inventory of what you already have and maybe what you already do is a great place to start. And, and probably even before that, just what is your hope? What do you want to accomplish? Because that's that's always the challenge is people want to accomplish multiple things and they were like, so we're going to create a Facebook page. I'm like, well, that, that doesn't mean you're going to see success just by having a, a Facebook page or just having a website. And so what is your objective? What do you already have? And then what do you need to do to accomplish those and thinking steps through that process? And sometimes people get caught up thinking, oh, I need to buy all of this equipment and I need to, we need to do good all of this training or do that. I'm like, well, let's just start with what you already have. And that may mean starting with the cell phone that you have in your pocket, which an amazing camera on it, get some good natural lighting, make sure it's close enough to get good audio and maybe start with that. Maybe invite them into your, to your study and let them see what you're working on with your sermon, ask questions, really start that dialogue because that's what for the world we work in, with social media, it's all about engagement. And so it's helping them shift away from thinking about just transmission and pushing stuff out there to really having an engagement, having conversation. And that would be one of those ways that you could do that was just turning on your cell phone, going live a little bit, inviting people in, sharing prayers with people, praying for people. So it's not always a technological thing. It's it's more of a, a framework of thinking. And that's the first step for us always is, what do you want to accomplish? What do you already have? And then we have to figure out a game plan from there. You know, a business would do that just as much as a church would. A, uh, a sure. business would say, okay, uh, let's say a new CEO came in to a business. Okay, what do we have? at this business and where we want to go, what can we leverage? They would ask many of the same questions, you know, on maybe on a larger scale because they're corporation and such, but I think they would do the same thing. Oh, I think so. I, I mean, I think that that's, as I was saying earlier, there's so many principles that can be leveraged and, and used just from the business world itself or from, you know, our military world, just the way to think strategically is not something that's bound just to businesses. Churches can think that way, and it doesn't have to be something that goes against scripture. If, if something's true, it's just true. Whether you find it in the Bible or you find it on Wall Street or wherever else, if it's true, it's true. And so it's leveraging truth, helping people, and really thinking through systematically 
what people want to do and you know who's who's your audience who are you trying to reach where are they what kind of content do they consume so these are all of these questions that we begin to work through with people whether it's on a mission field somebody working in, in, in a place where the gospel isn't yet or if it's just uh, even a church i would still ask i believe the same types of of questions where did the idea for Kavanaugh Media come from? Did it did it come about, John, while you were already in Taiwan and you started it there? Or you got to the States and okay, let's now let's go. How did that work? We started it a little bit as far as the marketing side in Taiwan. And we realized, wow, we can actually measure this in comparison to printing out physical flyers or mailing out flyers or doing something like that. We were really leveraging media and doing that, but the marketing side of it, which has really become our focus now, began really in, in, in Taiwan a little bit. But then when I came back, I came back to the States, worked for a mission organization, and then became the missions pastor at a church of over 20,000 people. So it was a massive church. And that's where I really began to lean into this. And the desire to start Kavanaugh was born at that point. And actually, it took a cancer diagnosis for me to go ahead and pull the trigger and make this into a, a business's mission. But it, it did begin as far as learning, leaning into the marketing. It, it started in Taiwan. There you go. Um, business as a mission. Um, my wife and I did that with a bed and breakfast for six years. And mm -hmm. we uh, tithed or offering uh, from the gross that came into the, the bed and breakfast. Uh, people that were staying as guests didn't, <laughs> didn't know they were giving towards media missions. And that's okay. We never told them or just rarely like one out of a hundred, but right. ever find that out. Businesses, missions, you know, I think it's a really good thing. And a lot of uh, typical or no, not the right word, traditional missions, uh, people, missionaries, don't understand that a business can lead to missions. What do you think about that? Oh, I, I definitely think so. I, I think there's d several things that, that brought this in. For one, for me, it was I've always enjoyed business. And so I was already reading in that area. It was the way the Lord wired me. And so it made sense to do it. Secondly, I was diagnosed with cancer and didn't have the support network that I had when I was still in Taiwan. So the fastest way for me to get back in the game was to charge for the services that we do. And so really spoke with a couple of mentors of mine who really encouraged me to go ahead and pursue this. And it's been a tr tremendous opportunity to learn and to lean into it. Uh, everyone that pays us are the ones that we serve or somebody else who is a partner with them does that and so you know everyone knows what they're getting into us we made a few commitments i could could show you sometime if we're in person sometime craig the initial journal entries to this where we went through a process saying this must be true or the lord is behind this if this and if these things happen and one of the things to it was we want to operate it as a business, but we never want to say no to someone because of finances. And so if a team or an organization comes on board and they're like, we want to use you all, we want to do this, but we can't afford this or that, we do everything we can to try to say yes to them. 
it also means sometimes, and I've joked about this, but that we fire ourselves. There's people that hire us, but then they don't know really what they want to do or how to use us. And I want to be a good steward of their time and their resources too. So I, I'm not just trying to get money for the sake of money. We've capped incomes and really leaned into that this is a ministry more than anything else. But I think for the future, this is, it has interesting things that may come about. So for me being a you know, U.S. American here with a tax system that allows for people to get benefits if they give to a nonprofit, I wonder what will happen if that was to go away. Right. And, and so for me, it, it has no impact on that. Uh, the We stay in business to serve because we're we're serving. And if we don't do a good job serving, then we don't stay in business. And I kind of like that. I, I like that pressure to be able to say, if you do a good job, then you can keep doing what you're doing. And people vote with, you know, their feet and with their clicks. And and so for us, it's it's been a really good thing to do that. It's allowed us to to serve more and more and to continue to grow. And and like I said, we're we're doubling almost every year now. And so wow. I think the the model works. The other part of it is, is that let's say you're a nonprofit that's out there. You're it's still not free. There's still somebody paying for whatever it is. What we are, what we believe is that those who are benefiting from the work that we can do, the service that we offer, are the best ones to be able to then just pay for that as same way they would do if they're paying for their email or internet service. And if they can't afford that, then we go out and we try to find help so that that's not the barrier to the work that they're trying to do. And so we've had some really great partners that have come around alongside of us who have provided funding for ads and all sorts of other stuff. And we can't always guarantee it, but it's just been really interesting, Craig, to see how God has provided when we made this decision to just move forward. And, and it's helped us to as well really quantify time and what it is that we do. And so we we know what an hour cost and what we how much of that goes to taxes and how much of that goes to you know equipment and, and whatever else and so it's really let us understand the value of the time that we have and that we can give to serve someone and so it's forced us to make decisions that i think are good business decisions such as we we don't spend hours or months and tons of money trying to build software that I can just go and get it off the shelf out there. If somebody's already got software or a tool that we can use or we can we can baptize it to use it for our kind of work, great. I So, you know, it just really f forces us to be really smart about the resources we have and to understand the value of time. And so I'm not saying it's for everybody, but for us, it's been a tremendous journey and I'm really thankful to to have been able to do it this way. I have a good friend, Paul Bresden, that came up as a youth pastor and then started a company called 454 Creative mm -hmm. uh, in Southern California. Most of the groups he works with are secular, but he had he talked about it a couple of seasons ago in the podcast. He and his group at 454 um they have a plan where they will talk to a client and say, okay, we're going to go with you for a year and at three months, six months, nine months, and then a year, we're going to keep talking. 
And these are the expectations for your side. This is the expectations for what we're going to give you. And after one year, we're going to figure out if we should still be connected as service agency, communications agency, digital, and you as the client. And it's perfectly okay if you guys want to go somewhere else after one year, or we we think, you know, we provided you everything we could and um, go do it. Go, go find somebody else. Uh, we think we've done our best. We've taken you as far as we think we can, we can. And I thought, you know, that's pretty smart when you really think about it. You don't just keep on going because you need the client. It keeps things kind of fresh. I think you'd have to agree with that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a joke, and but it's a truthful statement amongst our team here at Kavanaugh that I have fired myself and I have fired our team multiple times. And I think the the reason is, is because it helps us to continue to lean in and to really niche down what it is that we offer so that we are offering value. So that when somebody says, we're giving you money for this, that they feel the value of it. And it helps us to make sure that we're serving well. Our North Star as, as a company is, are the, the teams and, and the workers that we serve, are they leveraging? and using not then we're not succeeding with our mission and so you know, we there's two metrics that we use are we building partnerships and broader coalitions and are we solving these really hard digital challenges that mission teams and organizations face freeing them up to then do the work that god has called them to do on the field learn the language do all of that and so there have been clients and people we've worked with who, when it falls outside of that niche area, it might look good. It might even make sense from a financial perspective on our end to say, oh, you know, diversify, bring in these clients, do all of that. But it, it hasn't. That's just not the way that God has seemed to direct us is that he just keeps saying, here's what you all at Kavanaugh Media are called to do right now. And, you know, if the wheels fall off or everything stops, then everybody on my team could go out and get a job and probably make more money within a week. And so I, we're free to be able to lean in right now and say, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going to put our hand to the plow. And I think it's a value add then to the teams we serve that they know the depth of the experience and the data is directly tied to what we're trying to do with them. And so it just frees it up and it, it really gives us freedom as an entity to not have to chase notoriety or publicity or funding and to just say, we're just going to trust the Lord that he'll bring the right people. And this is what it is that we do. And, and then we let God direct to be able to do that. And so it's uh, it's very freeing, I think, to be able to have that that audit to go, are we adding value? Do you see it as a value? And to be able to say to them, no, I don't I don't think we are. In fact, I'll give you one more example to it. I was on a call with a very large conference about two weeks ago now at this point, and we were talking through an MOU, we were talking through finances, and I said, I don't think you need to be paying this money. I really don't think you need Kavanaugh. I think this is what you need. And this is something that I might be able to volunteer or to help you with a little bit. But 
I, in essence, we joked about it at one point, they were trying to argue why they needed to pay us and hire us. And I was arguing why they probably didn't need to. And so it completely reversed the roles in some ways, but our priority is to serve. And so that's by, by doing that, the people we serve, we have to keep their best, best interests in mind. And so how we set up systems, the way we set up accounts, all of that is for their benefit not to lock them in and to have them to use us or they can't get their data back or whatever. And so the whole premise is about serving them. And if that's true, then that means sometimes that we'll say we're not the right answer for you or we shouldn't keep doing this because we're not serving you well. Really some great perceptive conversations and insights from John Rawls. Join us next time, next episode, and uh, we'll pick up where we left off. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.